Hi everyone, my name is Valeria and this is the Hackademics Podcast. In this podcast, we get students and professionals to come in and talk about their experiences in hackathon culture. Here you can expect to learn about the amazing people that hackathons produce, as well as the cool people behind them. Today, we're talking to recent bachelor graduate Wesley Slade about communication and working ethics. Hello, Wesley. Hi. It's nice to have you. It's nice to be here. Before we get started, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, so as, as you mentioned, I'm a graduate of the Interaction Design program at Sheridan. Um, just graduated this past year. Um, I'm currently just kind of grinding out the, uh, the quarantine, working on portfolio, looking for jobs. Um, I came to Interaction Design from like a background in animation, from art. Um, then I started doing hackathons in my third year of Interaction Design and just kept going. I think I did by the time I graduated, I think I did nine hackathons. Um, and I, communication has always been really important to me, both in and outside of hackathons. Um, and I think it's arguably the most important part of a hackathon. Um, communication both as a team and both communication in, a, in the actual pitch or in the actual uh, judging. Great, and uh, you have a pretty long and challenging educational story. Would you be able to share that with us? Yeah, so I did seven years, as I mentioned. I did two years in animation at Mohawk College, one more year in art fundies at Mohawk College. Then I did four years of my bachelor's at um, Sheridan. Before then, um, I actually just flat out dropped out of middle school. Um, and I was homeschooled for a little bit. That didn't really take. Um, I was pretty stubborn as a kid, um, still pretty stubborn now, but getting over it a long time. Like it, it took me all of the time that I spent in art and art and animation to kind of figure out what I was passionate about. And then I ended up in inter interaction design, had to figure out a couple more times what I was really passionate about. And now I've kind of settled on like design for public good and um, design for just the world and people and not for like companies or products. Yeah, and during your time in Sharon College, you've been passionate about mentoring and tutoring, is that correct? Yes, um, ever since, yes. Sorry, would you tell us a little bit about those and tell us the, difference between, the difference between mentoring and tutoring and why is it so important to you? How about you read that entire question again? Yes, okay, absolutely. So yeah, during your time at Turing College, you've been passionate about mentoring and tutoring. Would you tell us the difference between those two and why is it so important to you? Why, why is it such a big topic for you? I ended up doing my thesis on this actually. It was so important to me. Is um, basically, I really focused in on tutoring in my second year. I actually wasn't even supposed to be a tutor and then there was just a spot open and I needed the money so I started tutoring and I immediately loved it I immediately liked it and then at the same time I also picked up mentoring as well they were kind of like a paired deal I started uh, tutoring first years and then I started mentoring and mentorship night at the IXDA's event every week during uh, school and I just really liked the look on people's faces when they finally got it. Like everybody struggles with something, even I struggle with something, but the look on your face when you get it, like the people that see that look, 
there's so much joy from them and from you and in, in that moment. So that's, that's why I really liked tutoring and mentoring. Tutoring really comes from the place of like, they, the student that needs tutoring is often coming to you and, and like looking for a specific, to be tutored in a specific thing. People who just need mentorship are just like, hey, like, how was this? Where did this go? Like, I'm, I'm new to this area. Tell me more about it. Um, tutoring is way more focused than mentoring. Mentoring can be literally having a conversation with your friend and you guys can be mentoring each other at the same time. Tutoring is very more, very much more a focused, uh, focused single target event that happens with somebody. They come to you, you come, uh, you come and you try to teach them something. And sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it doesn't really work at all. But I think it was the fact that we were all so comfortable with each other that we just nicely slid into the roles that we were best at. And we, we trusted each other in those roles already because we had seen each other work. Uh, then I did a few other hackathons and they didn't go too well, I think, because of that, that I wasn't comfortable with the people that I was with or I was too comfortable or I didn't talk with them. And have you ever had communication problems with your teammates or you didn't know them well enough? What, what happened? So I think my second hackathon is my best example of where, not that we didn't know each other, but that we didn't communicate enough because I did a hackathon with five other designers. Now, I know everybody out there is probably thinking, well, that's just a recipe for disaster. Uh, it can be and it cannot be. I've done hackathons with full designer teams. I've done hackathons with designer and developer teams. And they've both gone really good and really bad. It doesn't seem to me it's anything distinct to the team composition. My biggest thing is communication. And in that second hackathon, what happened was we didn't really set out our goals or expectations or even just talk about who was doing what. And I would say for the first 12 hours of that hack, we spent in our own little corners of this is what I think is the best design. This is what I think the best design. And we couldn't make a decision. And I think that's because we didn't set ground rules, set expectations, and also just set roles at the very start of the hack. Is it the only one example you have? Or do you have any other I think there was a hack where I, I actually left a hack once because I was quite upset with how things were going. And I, I would say, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't leave hackathons. But I felt like I, sh I wanted to, <laughs> uh, to save my sanity. And that's something that happens. I had a really bad experience with a hackathon once because I went and I didn't really know too many people that were there. It was a four, four, um, four people on a team, and I didn't know two of the people very well. And it's not their fault, it's not my fault. I just feel like when you don't know someone well, you don't really have the comfort level, the psychological safety, to use a, a word my one of my professors taught me way back when, to uh, trust them and to like stay in your own lane because if you're always checking on what somebody else is doing, you're going to do worse work. They're going to do worse work because you're always bugging them. Uh, kind of so, like, for me, it was really important. I've only, I've only, I think I've 
placed in two of my hackathons. I've done nine. And I would say that I've had better times and learned more at the hackathons where I communicated better, better rather than win. There are hackathons that I didn't even place, that I didn't even think I was going to win, that I learned so much more in just by talking with the people around me before the hack, communicating what my, what my needs were. It can even come down to just saying like, hey, I want to learn this. Can I really focus on this and you guys work on the other stuff? And that's the simplest thing you can do, in my opinion, to really set not only your team up, but yourself up to like learn something. And I know we kind of talk about, oh, well, did you win? Or like, I'm going to put this on my resume if I win. But you become so much better at what you do by like actively just thinking, okay, I'm going to communicate what I want to learn. And then act actively doing that during the hack. And then coming out of the hack with just so much more experience than a $50 gift card to Amazon or something that doesn't matter in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, honestly. But there is sometimes cases when people do not want to speak or they simply do not know how to speak. What, what would you do in that kind of situation? I'm going to propose a simple thought experiment for you and anybody listening. First of all, anxiety is, is a real thing that should be taken very seriously. And if, if, if you are someone who has anxiety when you're talking to people or people you don't know, I would say the best advice I can give you is, as somebody who does have a little bit of anxiety when I'm talking to new people is be honest with them and talk in like a safe, environment with your friends with with everybody i would say the worst thing you can do is is like only talk to part of your hackathon team if you feel like you can't share everything with everyone in your hackathon team at least share how you're feeling and especially this is before the hack so my thought experiment was would you rather have a conversation with somebody when it's 12 hours to your project is due and everything is already done and you're feeling anxious about what's been done? Or do you rather say like, hey guys, before we start this hackathon, I wanna to get to know you a little bit better. I wanna to talk to you. Here's what I'm really nervous about. And I feel like having that conversation pre-hackathon is so much less nerve wracking than mid-hackathon where it's stressful, you guys aren't on full sleep. Like having these conversations before the hack when you actually have eight hours of sleep is so much more productive than having it in the middle of the hack when you have had like two hours of sleep, if you're lucky. And I would add on that the one thing that I do to really communicate well is before I go to the hack, before I even really know who my team is, if I'm just meeting with somebody, I love this game um, called, I forget the name of it, but it's basically like, I don't, if anybody's familiar with improv, it's kind of like, yes, and like Val, I'm going to tell you a story about uh, my favorite animal. My favorite animals are ducks. I'm going to give you the word duck. Tell me a story about a duck. And then if you tell me the story, I know something personal about you and you know something personal about me. And we go back and forth and back and forth. And even if you don't know the person, something as little as that can just build up a rapport just knowing a few fancy little anecdotes about somebody. Yeah, I remember playing this game with you. It was pretty funny. Yeah, no, I play it with 
pretty much ever since I learned the game, I play it with every single person I do a hackathon with because it immediately, all the tension of like, oh, does this guy know how to code a database? Or, oh, does this guy use Figma? Or does this, um, this woman use uh, like Google Slides versus, you know, like Adobe InDesign or something? It all melts away if you just talk to the person and they communicate a little bit about themselves without even meaning to. Oh yeah, it's way better to work with a friend versus someone you've never talked to in your life. I, I agree, yeah. I think something that to be said for that is that you can have really good hackathon experiences with strangers and you can have really bad hackathon experiences with friends. I think a lot of people play it safe and do a hackathon with a friend once or twice. But I would say that you're missing out if you don't do a hackathon with, with uh, strangers, at least people you don't know really well once or twice. And even, even the failure of failing with a stranger or failing with your friends is going to be better than the success of staying in your comfort zone. And have you ever been supporting the communication after the hackathon's done with the people you've met just like recently? So... Have you tried supporting the communication between you and uh, the new person you met at the hackathon or you met them before the hackathon, but it was a new person for you? I actually, I have a great story about this because I went into, I think it was my third hackathon ever. I had a hackathon where I uh, worked with two people I have never met before. They were both really great the first time. But then I think it was about six months later, I asked the, one of those people if they wanted to do another hack. And they said, yeah. And this was a friend that I had made at that point. He was just such a friendly person at the first hack. It was my first hack working with strangers. I was, I was really happy to have someone so nice. And then the second hack came along, he hopped in, he met some of my friends and we just did another hack together. And that was great too. And I still keep in contact with him. I did a recommendation for him that I don't think he expected. Um, <laughs> and he just, he, he was such a joy to work with. And if I had never worked with strangers, I never would have made like a new friend who is both like this great person, but also just a really great developer as well. So do you think that the personality matters a lot or is just a common sense of communication as well? I think obviously people who are really good communicators are gonna have a leg up on people who are not. That's just sadly the way our society works right now. But I think as long as you make the effort to communicate, you're never gonna be a bad teammate. I have never said to somebody, wow, that person tried and I hate them. That's just, if somebody tries, they automatically get like my immediate love. <laughs> They're just like, you're clearly trying, you're clearly trying your best. And that's enough. That's, that's all it comes down to for me is if it doesn't matter how good at communicating you are, as long as you try to communicate, then you're golden in my book, as long as you make that first step. And sometimes it can be really hard to make that first step. But once you do really good people, and I hope, I hope that you've surrounded yourself with those people. Or I hope that you can find those people during hackathons. If you make the first step, anybody is going to see that and they're going to make the first step back. And then immediately it's a much better 
level of communication than two people who are afraid of each other or even just one person who is afraid to speak. And if it comes down to it, bring a friend to your first hack and have them kind of be the funnel and the person you're safe with. And then t keep talking, keep talking to the people that you don't know. And, and have you done any hackathon like sprint online activities so far? Don't want to say hackathons, but like more, more of like events. I did one or two hacks during COVID. I did two hackathons remotely just as COVID started. Um, and they were pretty fun. Obviously it was pretty new for people. Thankfully I did do them with people that I already knew, but I really, I'm really interested in, and I, I want to know what you think about this because this is something that is, has bugged me for quite a while is I'm a new graduate. You know, there's lots of other people in my program that are fantastically talented that are new graduates as well that don't have jobs yet. And we are popping into a world where all these teams that have known each other for years have moved to remote. They all know each other. They've all done the work to communicate. They've brought muffins in one day to work. You know, they've said hi on the bus if you take the same bus route. How do, how do people new to a remote, like new to a team, like break that barrier, do the icebreaker? Because I think that's gonna be really difficult for a lot of people out there right now is that they're t everybody in the team knows each other and then they're brand new to the team and they have to do it via video call. And like, I'm no stranger to remote work, but being new to a team that knows each other already, that's gotta, that's gotta be scary. I know it's gonna be scary for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Just to reference your, um, your speech about how people are very inclusive and special in the way they learn. I agree that we're missing out this physical part of the activity. When you go to the venue, you have free food, free coffee, you have swag, and like you're just like having fun in by the fact that you're just there. I agree that there are some changes that are appearing right now. As soon, once we move into more of a digital world than it used to be before, we used to call it digital. Now I think it's more digital than it, it has ever been before. Yeah. I'm not sure if I can answer this question, but I agree that people can benefit in so many different ways that because in the crisis situations, humans are more prone to experimentations and innovation and creating something new and thinking about different solutions. Mm -hmm. So I think we're just at the beginning of something big. I don't know yet what is happening, what's, what's going to happen soon, but I'm pretty excited. So much of our communication, I mean, this has been said many times by people much smarter than me, so much of our communication is, is nonverbal or even the webcam can't really pick it up. I had a hackathon where I uh, worked with two people I have never met before. They were both really great the first time, but then I think it was about six months later, I asked the, one of those people if they wanted to do another hack and they said, yeah. And this was a friend that I had made at that point. He was just such a friendly person at the first hack. It was my first hack working with strangers. I was, I was really happy to have someone so nice. And then the second hack came along, he hopped in, he met some of my friends and we just did another hack together. And that was great too. And I still keep in contact with him. 
I did a recommendation for him that I don't think he expected. He said he was such a joy to work with. And if I had never worked with strangers, I never would have made like a new friend who is both like this great person, but also just a really great developer as well. So do you think that the personality matters a lot or is just a common sense of communication as well? I think obviously people who are really good communicators are going to have a leg up on people who are not. That's just sadly the way our society works right now. But I think as long as you make the effort to communicate, you're never going to be a bad teammate. I have never said to somebody, wow, that person tried and I hate them. That's just, if somebody tries, they automatically get like my immediate love. <laughs> They're just like, you're clearly trying, you're clearly trying your best and that's enough. That's, that's all it comes down to for me is if it doesn't matter how good at communicating you are, as long as you try to communicate, then you're golden in my book. As long as you make that first step, and sometimes it can be really hard to make that first step, but once you do, really good people, and I hope, I hope that you've surrounded yourself with those people, or I hope that you can find those people during hackathons. If you make the first step, anybody is gonna see that and they're gonna make the first step back, and then immediately it's a much better level of communication than two people who are afraid of each other, or even just one person who is afraid to speak. And if it comes down to it, bring a friend to your first hack and have them kind of be the funnel and the person you're safe with. And then t keep talking, keep talking to the people that you don't know. And, and have you done any hackathon like sprint online activities so far? Don't want to say hackathons, but like more, more of like events. I did one or two hacks during COVID. I did two hackathons remotely just as COVID started. Um, and they were pretty fun. Obviously it was pretty new for people. Thankfully I did do them with people that I already knew, but I really, I'm really interested in, and I, I want to know what you think about this because this is something that is, has bugged me for quite a while is I'm a new graduate. You know, there's lots of other people in my program that are fantastically talented that are new graduates as well that don't have jobs yet. And we are popping into a world where all these teams that have known each other for years have moved to remote. They all know each other. They've all done the work to communicate. They've brought muffins in one day to work. You know, they've said hi on the bus if you take the same bus route. How do, how do people new to a remote, like new to a team, like break that barrier, do the icebreaker because I think that's going to be really difficult for a lot of people out there right now is that they're t everybody in the team knows each other and then they're brand new to the team and they have to do it via video call. And like, I'm no stranger to remote work, but being new to a team that knows each other already, that's gotta, that's gotta be scary. I know it's going to be scary for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Just to reference your, um, your speech about how people, very inclusive and special in the way to learn. I agree that we're missing out this physical part of the activity when you go to the venue, you have free food, free coffee, you have swag, and like you're just like having fun in by the fact that you're just there. I agree that there are some changes that are appearing right now. As soon 
once we move into more of a digital world than it used to be before, we used to call it digital. Now I think it's more digital than it, it has ever been before. Yeah. I'm not sure if I can answer this question, but I agree that people can benefit in so many different ways that because in the crisis situations, humans are more prone to experimentations and innovation and creating something new and thinking about different solutions. And they're trying to solve this. There's so many different startups that benefited from COVID, like Zoom. Mm -hmm. So I think we're just at the beginning of something big. I don't know yet what is happening, what's, what's going to happen soon. But I'm pretty excited, honestly, as a person who is taking school online, I think that technical-wise, we're not there yet. And it's going to take a while to get there. Yeah. So much of our communication, I mean, this has been said many times by people much smarter than me, so much of our communication is, is nonverbal, or even just to the extent that the webcam can't really pick it up. Or, and especially with hackathons specifically, where you are much more likely to be meeting a lot of new people and even pitch, pitching an idea on a webcam is so much more because are, are you the focus? Are you the one that's talking? Are you full screen? Is your pitch full screen? Are you looking down at something you've written on your, your notes to like uh, remember what to say? You know, there's a whole lot of different things to do with a hackathon that in a completely digital world, you're gonna have to find a way around and it makes it harder, but also since everybody is involved in this, everybody has the same, we're on a webcam vibe. I feel like it makes it at least a lot more forgiving, you know, a lot more forgiving for those little missteps for those technical errors. But it's, it's hard sometimes because it feels like we're missing out on so much of how we communicate. Also, it's like a big transformation at the same time, because in the pitch scenario, it's a real time event. You can see whether or not the audience judges or mentors are engaged, whether or not they're looking at you, whether or not they're paying attention or they're listening to someone else, they're distracted. So you can alter your speech depending on their feedback, real-time feedback, body language, eyes, like their mimics, you know. And with just recording yourself, it's just so much different. And I feel like we haven't de developed the tools or we're not there yet to understand. There is not, not even much research to see how people actually interact with different type of digital source that's generated for the future purpose. Like right now, our professors are recording lots of material for us. And the way I perceive the information from it is absolutely different. Yeah, I think something that I've, I've been experimenting with, and this is actually, this is just a full on announcement. I haven't told many people about this is um, I'm going to be later, later this fall, winter, I'm going to be launching on my portfolio as well as on YouTube, a set of tutorials for like designers coming into web development and how to kind of go from wireframes to actually your CSS grid, your HTML, your JavaScript. And I'm having to think about so much more than I did before, because before when I was tutoring for these topics, I was in the same room with someone. I could 
show them, I could go to their code and say like, remove this little bit, that's wrong, or this is right, or oh, you're using something you might not need to here. But in the videos that I'll be recording, in the article textual stuff that I'll be writing, it's really hard to like basically predict where people are going to goof up or where people might need a little more help. So that's really, for, for instructors, for tutors, that's gonna be a hard, hard thing to, to figure out, especially if it's pre-recorded. Because I know fitting in, fitting in a lecture and a tutorial to three hours of a Zoom call or three hours of a WebEx call has to be really hard on a lot of the instructors that are out there now. I can't imagine what it's like for hackathon people who have to basically run like 35 to 40 pitches and they can't go over time because if they go over time, then everybody's just sitting there at their webcam pissed off for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on how long the delay is. At least that's better than uh, sitting in an auditorium for an hour with a delay. What dramatic improvements do you expect to happen in our professional world of communication after the vaccine is found? And we're back to new normal. I think regardless of whether there's a vaccine or not, the really easy answer is that people are gonna be allowed to work from home more. That's the really easy answer. And I think that's something that is just by default was going to happen as we increasingly got faster internet, better technology to support remote workers. You know, I had a, a friend of mine who told me one of their teams was already like a third remote before COVID and now they're all remote and now I think they're gonna stick that way. And we've all heard about, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the company, but they, they went full, they were just like, we're just gonna go fully remote. Yeah, Twitter. You've seen more into your coworkers' lives or your, your fellow students' lives, and I think you maybe know a little bit more about them than you would if you had just seen them drive to school in a hoodie, show up in class with their coffee and sit down for three hours and then leave. You know, you've seen them in their pajamas, you've seen their dog, you've seen the band posters they have on their walls. I think uh, that's gonna be, there's gonna be a little more personal con personal connection with the people you go back to work with if you've worked with them during COVID. Thank you so much for talking to us, sharing your experiences, your thoughts. It was nice talking to you, Wesley. How and where can people find you? So I have a website, it's wesleyslade.ca. It's, it's function as my, as my portfolio website for the most part. It's, it's You should go to my Twitter, which is Wes WM Slade, and send me a DM telling me to fix my portfolio and tell me what you hate most about my portfolio when you do, because that'll get me to change it. That peer pressure works, people. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, we're going to attach all the links to the notes. And thank you so much for joining us, talking to us, talking to me. And yeah, thank you for having me. It was nice being here. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>